Good morning, church. It's an honor and it's a blessing to be here with you this morning. I have uh, given a heading to this topic, and um, I really just, I've been praying, you know, that your hearts would be open. One, um, I'm dealing with the Beatitudes, just so that you know, and one of the Beatitudes is, blessed are the meek, and I'm not going to go into it now, but it's teachable. It's like, sometimes we've heard a topic before, and we go, because we've heard it before, we kind of put the shutters down and... Be open, let the Holy Spirit talk to you. We are dealing with Beatitudes from the New Covenant perspective, and I know you are going to be blessed. Okay, so that's small, but I'm going to read it to you. Um, from Matthew 5, verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. He began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me go back. I want you to look at that first first line. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountain and sat down. There's different views on this. I think most of us have seen pictures of the Beatitudes or the painting, Jesus sitting on a mountain and all the crowds sitting below him. The view I'm coming from is that I really believe that this is Jesus' first major teaching to his disciples. Uh, If I read that, I look at it and I go, now when Jesus saw the crowds, and there were thousands upon thousands of them, if you read in chapter 4 of Matthew, you'll see all the crowds, what they were made up of. So he saw the crowds, and I think he looked and he said, okay, in his humanity, I need help. I need my disciples, and I need to train them. And this is where this whole Beatitudes came in from a perspective of let me teach them what the kingdom is about. Let me teach them what it is to be a Christian. And this is just principles that I believe we as Christians should have. And I want you to be challenged at the start of this year, 2019. Be challenged. Be a little bit uncomfortable if you have to be. That's great sometimes. Sometimes we need a bit of change. But be encouraged because this is is the word of God. This was spoken by Jesus, and I'm very, very encouraged with it. Okay, so blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now I've got a question for you. Who are the poor in spirit? Anybody? Non-believers? Perfect answer, Doug. Often you ask that question, and Christians try and claim it. Like, um, it's me, it's, I'm the poor in spirit person. But we need to understand this beatitude is the only beatitude that is a beatitude for the unbeliever. Every other beatitude belongs to us, the believers. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Not blessed are the poor in soul. Sometimes our souls, we all know, have got a long way to go. Our spirit, we are perfect in our spirits. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I need nothing else. 
I've got everything I need in Christ. So I am not poor in my spirit. I am rich in my spirit. And if you're a child of God today, you are rich in your spirit. God says you have got everything for life and godliness. Okay. So what is the kingdom of God? Because theirs is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. People don't know. Before I became a Christian, I didn't know that I was supposed to be happy all the time and have joy and have peace in a storm. Uh, I've got teenagers and, and I hear the stories and I realize there's a world lost out there. People need to know the good news. And if we don't tell them, who's going to tell them about Jesus? Jesus came into the world to save the world, the whole world, the whole world. And it's good news for them. That's what he's saying. Blessed are the poor. It's good news, guys. But if you read John 16, 8 to 11, he says he'll come back to convict the world of sin. And that sin is the sin of not believing in what he did on the cross. Not any other sin. Not the sin of adultery. Not the sin of fornication. Not the sin of alcoholism or whatever, lying and blaspheming. and No, the sin of unbelief and what he did on that cross for them. That is the only sin he's going to hold against the world. So I encourage you to share this good news with unbelievers. They are blessed. In fact, um, in the original Greek, the word blessed is in the plural, so it actually means blessings. So it's actually blessings to the poor in spirit. Okay, blessings to those who mourn. Jesus. For they will be comforted. Ecclesiastes tells us there's a a time to mourn and there's a time to be happy. In Proverbs it tells us that when the righteous reign, the people are happy. But we all know when the wicked reign, (laughs) the people mourn. I don't know how many of you went up uh, to Pretoria, over three million of us down on our knees and crying out to God to save our country. God takes those tears and he uses them as weapons. But um, I think a hard one is for in Thessalonians where he says, do not mourn as those without hope. You know, I'm reminded um, I lost a, a baby at birth Bethany, most of you know her, is is a twin. And I'll never forget just feeling such pain and loss in losing Rebecca. And um, when we were preparing for her funeral, um, I came across the song, It Is Well, It Is Well With My Soul. And I looked into who wrote it. And a guy by the name of Horatio Spafford was a lawyer from California. And um, Horatio, in the 1870s, had a four-year-old son. And in in 1870, his son passed away with pneumonia. A year later, a lot of their estate had been destroyed because of the, the Chicago fire that had spread through. So seeing his wife and seeing that she was taking on the strain, he decided that he'd put them on a ship and send them off to go and have a holiday. 
And he had some business to deal with, so he was going to follow in another ship. And um, on that trip, his wife and four daughters, um, the ship clashed with another vessel, and it went down at sea. And they found his wife unconscious. His four daughters all drowned. And when she eventually got to land, she sent a a telegraph to her husband and told him, you know, I'm the only survivor. What should I do? And he got on a ship, and he sailed to go and see her. And over the place where the ship had gone down, their ship had gone down, the captain called him and said, this is where the ship had sunk. And it says there that that is where he penned together the words of that song, it is well, it is well with my soul. And church, I want to encourage you. I don't know what we've got for 2019, but this I know. We have the Holy Spirit, and the word says he is our comforter. If you are feeling the pain of loss of somebody, press into him. He is not unfamiliar with our pain. But no, we have a hope, and his name is Jesus. And we will, we will see our loved ones again. I loved, I loved um, that song. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. I mean, those, that's like a, a little boy, four daughters. The sorrows, I, I can imagine them just like sea billows, just over him and over him. And yet he says, whatever my lot. Come on, whatever your lot. He has caused me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. We serve an amazing, amazing God. I love the scripture, Psalm 30, verse 15. I went through a divorce, and I'll never forget the pain on the day that that divorce came through. You know, God hates divorce, and I know he hates it because it just is destructive in every manner of what it brings with it. And um, I'll never forget... I was standing at the window, and I was just crying and crying, and my mom came to me, and she said, come on, pull yourself together. And this scripture came to me, that weeping may be for the night, but joy will come in the morning. And I turned around, and I looked at her, and I said, Mom, I need to cry. I need to let this out, because sometimes it's good to cry, okay? But I stuck on that, joy will come in the morning. And I'll never forget that next morning when I woke up, the sky was blue, and I knew it was going to be a good day. I just knew life was going to get better. I knew God would restore. He's the lifter of my head. He has always been, and I declare that over you. Whatever you're going through, whatever your situation is, he is the lifter of your head. Don't look to man. Don't look to woman. Don't run around with your problems. Go to the throne room of God. And let him bring healing to you. Oof, something goes off. Steve, it's gone dead. Okay. The next one, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In that very first, that whole first line there, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Labor and heavy laden, again, for the world. That is not our lot. 
We are not people that labor and heavy laden and are heavy laden. In fact, he says, I will give you rest. What is one of the first things we receive when we when we come to Christ? Is rest. Okay. But I love this about him. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Meek means to be gentle, it means to be humble, it means to be teachable. And it's very hard sometimes if you're proud to be teachable. Okay. God always tells us pride comes before a fall. And sometimes when you're an older person and a younger person tells you something, it can irk you a little bit when they're right. But come on, be teachable. This is what being teachable is about. Do you know, he says, they will inherit the earth. Do you know what that's about? We all love that proverb that says, um, what the righteous, the, the wealth of the, the wealth, the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So why does God want us to prosper? In Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, um, the, the word says, God actually says, he tells us, it is God who gives power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. That he may establish his covenant. He didn't cause you to get wealthy. He didn't cause you to get rich. He doesn't want you to get rich just so that you can spend it on yourself. He's, He's not against beautiful things, but... It's about this house. It's about his kingdom. It's about his church. It's about establishing his covenant with people. That's first and foremost why God makes people wealthy. The tithe. People want to throw the tithe out with the law. It's not meant to be thrown out with the law. It's a gauge. You know, everything we have belongs to God. And it's, and it's just a gauge. This church cannot operate without a tithe. Without, and a tithe is different to an offering. And this is not the place and that. I'm not going into all that. But your tithing is what you give to the church. The place that you fed. That you come every Sunday. That you receive. That you walk out filled. Okay. An offering is over and above your tithe. When you give like to God's cupboard and you give to feeding the the homeless. That's where your offerings go. Okay. But I really encourage you to seek God when it comes to, to that because there are, so, there are so many blessings for the meek. The Lord talks about um, all your needs being met, security, prosperity, peace. If Jesus said, I am meek, learn from me. We, we as his people need to learn from him. You need to take this word and you need to learn from this word. You're not going to get fed every Sunday here in church. You know, Steve started a discipleship course last year and I pray it will continue because it's no good that we have a whole lot of people that come to church and they find Jesus and now we've got these little babies and God forbid we take those babies and we toss them. Good luck survive. Because that's sometimes what we do with people. You know, they come to Jesus, but we don't, we don't pull them under our wings and begin to disciple them. And discipleship school was for us, the body. And there were not enough people on discipleship school. Great that we had the people we did, but we should all be at discipleship school. Because unless you're out there telling people about Jesus, what are you doing? 
You know, your mandate is to be a Christian before you are to be a, a doctor. Your mandate is to be a Christian before you are to be a lawyer. Your mandate is to be a Christian before you are to be a street sweeper. I love what Bill Johnson said. People come to him and say, what should I be? Should I be an author or should I be a songwriter or should I be a singer? And he says, doesn't matter. Choose one. Pick one. And then go heal the sick. Raise the dead. Drive out demons. Where should I go? To India or to China? I don't know. Pick one. But go heal the sick. Raise the dead. Drive out demons. Church, this is our mandate. This is what we should be doing. We're not made to be sitting pretty in church every Sunday. Those are a lot of scriptures. I'm not going through them. We don't, we don't have time to go through all of them. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy, um, another name for mercy is compassion. In 2 Corinthians 1.3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our time of tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. There's about six comforts in there. Hmm. God is merciful. I love that song. It's the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. There is actually a gift of mercy. And uh, we laugh sometimes, even when we were feeding the homeless, because um, you see the, uh, there's some of us that are full of compassion, okay? And we, we just want to love these people. And then you get the guys, some of the guys that come along, they're a little bit more stern than us. And, um, and I just want to encourage you, <laughs> when you show mercy, you have to do it cheerfully, Okay. <laughs> We have to be cheerful, guys, when it comes to the things of God. Blessed to, bless, blessings to the pure in heart, for they will see God. The pure in heart, for they will see God. Don't get caught up on seeing God, okay? That see is in the mind's eye. It's having an understanding. It's perceiving who God is. And when you get to know him and you get to understand him, you will see God in that word. Okay, that's what it's saying, that you will see God. You will understand him if you're pure in heart. Um, I've got a scripture up there. Um, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee. I've got that in our house, on our wall. And, and I can't encourage you enough to really get the word of God into your heart. Because when you get the word of God into your heart, when life happens and things happen and trials come and troubles come and they will come, the Lord says, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So we know that these things will come. But I can promise you this much, church. If you are a child of God and you are being caught up with negative thoughts and negative words coming out of your mouth, these things have to change. Okay? Because he says to you, he says, if you put your mind on him, get your mind on him, we go like this. We've got a problem, and there's the cross of Jesus Christ. And we glance at the cross, and we gaze at our problem. 
and we glance at the cross and we gaze at our problem. And it should be the other way around. It should be, you know, my problem's there, but I'm going to keep my eyes over here. I'm going to keep them on the cross. I'm going to keep them before him. Okay. This pure of heart is, is I think sometimes Christians get caught up in, in, in purity of heart. The Bible says that if your heart condemns you, God is bigger than your heart. And I know, I've been there. I've had an affair. And I know what it is to have my heart condemn me. And it also says when your heart doesn't condemn you, you've got confidence before God. But let me tell you what, when your heart condemns you, you've got no confidence before God. Because I know, because the enemy will stand there and he'll tell you, look at you, you are a hypocrite. You're saying one thing, but you are something else. And he'll come with guilt, and he'll come with accusation, and he'll come with shame. When you do something wrong, body of Christ, our family, this is family. Guys, when we do something wrong, just say sorry. Say sorry, Lord. And turn away from it and walk in the other direction. Don't dwell on it. That's what he's saying. Keep your heart pure before him. Keep your heart pure before him. Men, don't flirt with other women. If you're married, don't flirt with other women. Wives, keep your eyes, the Lord says, keep your eyes straight. Straight like this. Don't look to the left or to the right. Purity is such a pure, beautiful, beautiful thing, and you will begin to understand God. He says that. Blessings to you. You will see me. You will understand me if you keep your heart pure. Don't let sin taint your, your walk with God. Okay. Blessings to the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Peacemakers are reconciliation people. So I love the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their sins to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. If you came to any of the feeding mornings, that was the cry of every pastor, every person that stood up and spoke, was, come on guys, God loves you. Get right with him. Be reconciled with him. Okay. Oh, Jesus is so full of love. And, and we, we really, really need to understand that the word will change you. God wants you to live a full life. 2019 is going to be a good year. Hey, it's going to be a good, good year. Blessings to those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That went much faster than I anticipated. I'm looking at the, I've literally got two, three minutes left. Okay. Blessed, 
Blessings to those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Um, those are all scriptures. I love those scriptures. And I want to go back to the Beatitudes where I ended off and it said, Bless, Blessings to those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The next um, verse from there, it said, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. I love that. Exceedingly glad. It's, <laughs> I don't know about you, but man, when, when people are mean to you, because of Jesus and what he's done. And what's the first thing you want to go and do? You want to go to somebody else and you want to cry. They were mean to me. Do you be- Can you believe what they did? Can you believe what they did? Can you believe what they said? Uh, he says, be exceedingly glad. Like, be happier than happy when trials come. You cannot get strong when life is easy. You just can't. I don't know, I don't know if people think that, that they can, but there is no ways the character character is developed in tough times. When? When? You look at those tough times and you take the word of God and you speak them into those tough times. That's the key, guys, is taking the word of God and speaking it over your situations. You can't, you can't go through life and be persecuted and just fall down in a slump, okay, and mope all day. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. I mean, that, that is just a preach in itself. You are ambassadors. Ambassadors. You are representatives of God's kingdom. Hey? You are a representative. You have not been baptized in lemon juice. You have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Be happy. Be joyful. Be full of Him. When you go through life, I don't know what jobs you're going back to, but be a Christian before you be the person you're working. And work hard, work jolly hard, that people will want to know what it is about you. They will want what you've got. God, I, God is no respecter of persons. Let me tell you what. I'm no one special standing up here. I've messed my life up so badly in so many ways you cannot... Believe when I tell you. I came from an abused family. I had a pedophile grandfather and a story this long on why I could have turned out wrong. But you know what? Jesus found me and he saved me. And I don't even look at that as, as a perspective of that's why I have problems. I kicked those problems back to hell where they came from. They are not my problems. You know what? He can try and stick things on you that do not belong to you, that are not part of your personality, they're not part of your makeup. They are not part of your makeup. You are a new creation. Old is gone. Whew. Whew. Gone. You are new. Brand 
spanking new. Steve, I think, did a preach about a worm going in the mud. And the worm eventually becomes a butterfly, okay? And it flies around. And it's beautiful. And it's free, like us. But then, why would a a butterfly want to go and play in the mud again? Why would you want to be associated with the worms? Why would you want to go and put mud on yourself again? We are free, guys. This is the word of God, and it is so rich and so full of promises. The Bible says every promise is yes and amen. It's ours. I want to encourage you this year, encourage you to be meek, to be teachable. When you mourn, to know that you have a comforter. When you sin, to know that you are forgiven and that you are righteous. That are two righteous. These are the righteous. What I didn't tell you, quickly, because our time is up. There are two types of righteous. The one is eternal and the one is temporal. Okay? Your, your righteousness, when God looks at you, he sees your heart. Okay? Like I look at Steve and I look at Bill. I look at a lot of you. I don't know what you do after hours. Okay? That's the temporal part. Because when God looks at all of them, he sees holy, holy, holy. He sees righteous, righteous, righteous in all of you. But when I look at you, I don't know these things. When God looks at you, he knows you're holy. But when the world looks at you, they don't know you're holy. Okay? This is where you've got to walk a walk of faith. Walk a walk of truth. Walk a walk of love. That's your walk before the world. So don't forget ever that you are righteous. But know that there's a world out there that's dying. And you are the only light that they will see if you work with them. So let your light so shine. And I've got a picture. If you think you're really off bad, you haven't been swallowed by a fish yet. Okay. <laughs> There's lots of, lots of things in the Bible. I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's thrown in the fire. Hey, guys, we don't have it bad. We, we might have things. And I'm not, I'm not making those things as though they're nothing. But you have a redeemer, and you have a companion, and you have a friend. You have the Holy Spirit who's your teacher. He's your close, close companion. He's your friend. He's your advocate when you need an advocate. I needed one. I can't tell you. God has lifted me up out of the myrrh, and he's turned my ashes into beauty. And he can do the same for you, whatever you're going through. Get the word of God. Get the promises of God and pray and pray and pray in the spirit often. But I declare that this year is going to be a good year. Okay. And the last slide. You cannot blend in when you were meant to shine. Okay. (laughs) You can't blend in. You are supposed to shine. We are the body of Christ. We are the church of the living God here on earth. Here on earth. 
called to do good works. To do good works. We had a great time with the homeless, feeding the homeless. Thank you to everybody that got involved. Really, um, just to see, to see all of them. I mean, on the last day we asked how many of them are addicted to, to any, or got any addiction, and more than half of them stood up. And I just realized, you know what, God is, God is for them. You know, we have Him. Now it's our responsibility to take Him and take it out to the world. Take this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ out to the world. And if you don't feel confident in your witnessing, you're called to witness. You're a child of God. When you witness, they will call you a child of God. If I go into the street, when, I, when Dave and I had our house broken into and they stole a whole lot of our stuff and I went to some of the guys and I said, if you see any of our stuff or if you hear about our stuff, because I thought maybe they'll know, um, just let us know. And the one guy came back to me and he says, everybody knows that the Mfundis is stuff has been stolen. Um, Fundis is a, is, a, is, a, is a person that preaches the word of God. It's a pastor. And I was like, I'm not a Fundis. But I thought, okay, let's leave it. But that's what they see. When you preach the word of God, people see you as a child of God. We were in a spa yesterday, and a guy came up to me, and he said, hello, I saw you at the church. And I thought, man, you can't be one moment happy and the next moment sad and grumpy. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you. When you're feeling grumpy, tell him to go, grumpy. I've got joy. Live out of the Holy Spirit. Be blessed. Have an awesome year. I just pray that if you are hungering and thirsting in any way where the Lord says you will be filled, I pray that he will give you such a hunger that you will wake up at night hungry for him and that you will begin to pray and you will begin to go into the word and you will begin to seek him. I pray such an intimacy of God over all of you that this year will be a year where you will find him so close to you that you will feel his heartbeat, that you will hear his voice. He says, my sheep, hear my voice, that you will hear his voice. And I just declare the goodness and the peace of God over you for this year. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Okay. Okay. If there's anybody here that, that knows that their life hasn't been where they should be, if you're a Christian today and you haven't been hungering after God and you've just been cruising along like you're on a cruise ship and you want to make, just to show, show the devil and show the world, listen, I mean business with God this year. I'm asking you to come up. If you don't know Jesus and you've never met him, he says, come to me if you are poor in spirit. Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon me. Learn from me, for I am gentle and meek. So if that's anybody here today, I've asked you to come up, because you know what? It's a new year, guys. Don't be ashamed of what God can do in your life. If you want a fresh start, I know he'll give it to you. I was brought up in a Christian family. And when I left school, I heard the gospel and I realized I was tired of being a Christian. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be someone who raised the dead. 
healed the sick, drove out demons. And so I asked him, I said, God, give me a hunger. And I want to pray for that hunger for you today. But if you want that hunger and you don't have it, come up. Because I know he can give you that hunger. Thank you, Jesus.